All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host and, once again, your Super Smart Champion, the rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman, joined alongside my tag team partner, as always, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. We're here talking about AW Double or Nothing 2020, and uh, we also have uh, sad news. Uh, we wanted to take a quick moment to shout out to the families of Shad Gaspard and Hana Kimura to honor their losses. Yeah, I mean, both uh, stories are just devastating. Um, Shad yeah. Gaspard, like giving basically giving up his life for his sons, like that's just mm-hmm. heart crushing. And then Hana, I mm-hmm. mean the internet is a fucking horrible place. <laughs> yeah. The internet really is a horrible place. And I feel like the thing I would want to take away is two things from that is one, obviously encourage people not to be trolls and shit like that. Um, but also I think just for everybody to just fucking disconnect from that kind of shit often as you can. And don't listen to people online because uh, what do their opinions fucking matter? Like, I have literally never given a shit what any of you listeners think. So if you've ever like said anything negative against me or towards me, it leans as little to me as goose shit, you know, it just slides right off of me, you know? And I think that's exactly how people should handle online criticism. Exactly. For the most part, you know, it's just that it's like it, the kind of person who would go out of their way to say something shitty to you online, their opinion means nothing. Exactly. I think that's the big thing that people have to take away is just like, if someone's not saying something to you to their face, then yeah, you don't need to worry about them. Right. And like, there is a thing called like constructive criticism. I'm not saying that like, we can never criticize people, but like, yeah, when people are just shitting on people, it's like, there's no point to it. I mean, it just goes back to, obviously we should, it goes back to the rule that our parents taught us. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. That's true. That's a good point. But you can't expect people to act civilly, I think, is one of the takeaways that we have to learn from the age of the Internet. Oh, yeah. And so you have to just learn to have a thicker skin. Like, that's just a way to survive. So you just have to realize that there's a lot of things that people will say that just fucking don't mean anything because their opinions are literal garbage. And that's just how it is. Yep. And it's your, your choice to have to block that out and be like, oh, yeah, like, I don't have to listen to that. Because it's, I don't know, I feel like it, it, it's almost impossible to find the kind of silence that we used to be able to find in the world, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Unless you just actually disconnect. But Especially our phone. The world is so interconnected that it's harder to do that. Yeah, your phone can access everything on the internet at this point. So you're just so connected to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Uh, but yes, we are connecting into AEW. It's been a little while. I've actually uh, missed a couple of the episodes. Along. I, I've, I've definitely... Um, skim through some of it to catch up but i have not been part of my regular routine like watching either AEW or nxt uh i mean what has your been watching patter been uh i've tried uh, aew is my consistent one um their mm. shows from the perspective of i don't know how i feel about the talent like sitting near each other out in the crowd uh to put a crowd out mm-hmm. there um but apparently if they're doing the correct testing and stuff like that that can lessen it a little bit but that i think just definitely improves their product overall like having the reactions and Mm. things like that Mm. um and so yeah their their episodes i think have been better um wwe is just like a if i happen to be free that night to watch it i will watch it 
live, but like otherwise, I'm just uh, fast forwarding through stuff just to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really weird trying to because I I do really like the way that like if they're going to do an empty arena show, I like what they're doing with AEW. Like I still think it is better to just do what New Japan is doing, in my opinion, and just be like, all right, look, we're just going to not do it until we can do it. Yeah, <laughs> but like. Having a couple people in the crowd definitely really does help from the things that I've seen. Yeah. Because the, there's so many things that wrestlers do that if there's nobody watching, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the agents in WWE have been taking a long time to try and, like, figure out how to adjust that and tell the wrestlers to just, like, look, stop, like, after you do a move, then, like, panning around for, like, somebody to either cheer or boo because there's nobody there. <laughs> And when you're delivering your promo, you need to stop, like, giving all these pauses where you would normally wait for people to react. Yeah. And, like, use what you have there, which is the camera and the announcers. Mm-hmm. That's your two tools. Like, that's all you get. Right. Use that. And I like that AEW, and I think this is one of the benefits of it being a newer promotion, is that they don't, ha- they can't be as set in their ways as WWE is so when a new, present- or new situation presents itself like the pandemic and not having an audience, they adapted to it a lot better because they're just used to kind of having to figure out how to put on a show, whatever the circumstance is. Yeah. And so now it's just like, okay, well, this is just a new circumstance, a new challenge of there's no audience. Whereas WWE is like, we've been doing this shit the exact same way for, you know, 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. uh, Uh, How do we change now? uh, I don't know if you've listened to the, um, the series of interviews of like, uh, on Chris Jericho's podcast, he had like Brody Lee on, he had the revival and Matt Hardy. And so the revival, mm. it's mm-hmm. still up in the air, right? Like everyone thinks they're going to AEW and it's, that's most likely the result. But um, mm-hmm. Brody Lee and Matt Hardy, both are definitely in AEW. They gave these interviews after they debuted. And so both of them, mm-hmm. it was so great to hear that they're like Tony Khan. They're like, it sounds like Tony Khan has learned from the past, which is he's as controlling as Vince is in sense of when he definitely wants something like a creative direction to go a certain way, because he is the Mm -hmm. head of the company. He has that right. Like he'll make like, yes, you have some creative, but you have to go that way. Like, and that's it. But he also has, Mm -hmm. it sounds like he's also giving the freedom of like the independence where like, he'll just give an outline like here, you just need to hit these four points, do it however you want. And like both Matt mm-hmm. and Brody Lee like gave these, it was very cool. These different opinions of like Brody Lee was like shocked by it. Cause he was like, I've, he's like, I've been in WWE for so long. Like I got used to that system to when they were just like, yep, just go th- give this promo. And he's like, uh, uh, what about a script? What? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> and whereas right. Matt, who's had more outside WWE experience, I think probably, uh, was like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really astounding to see, and yeah, it's like you said, it seems like he's learning from the past. Yeah, in that you do have to have that strong. Like you can't just let the talent dictate everything because then it becomes too chaotic. And you have to have that central control. But WCW, if you completely stifle their creativity, right? Yeah, exactly. Learning from WCW, but then you can't stifle them completely because then you don't get any gems yeah. anymore, which is what WWE's problem was. So yeah, he's like learning, and I. It's it's kind of crazy too, because like, can you imagine how much 
WWE or AEW would still be succeeding. I feel like if the quarantine hadn't hit, and I feel like the stack they're still doing pretty well and still being somehow profitable despite being in the quarantine. Oh, I think AEW got helped huge by having their early on success and getting that yeah. renewal from TNT. Could you? Because I. I question if they would be as successful as they are right now without that renewal. Like that was a huge influx of cash, mm-hmm. like right when they needed it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, but yeah, right. I think that just kind of reinforces right that they they've done so many things well that it's just led to so many other things that have helped them yeah. continue to succeed. And I, I have no, I, I would imagine that like Tony Khan had some idea when the pandemic started that like yeah. if he didn't have that influx of cash he would figure out a way to make it to i mean they are they they they're not spending that money like unwisely like they're using the mm-hmm. stadium that his dad owns like both the football stadium and this uh daily's place uh because right. they're connected like mm-hmm. so i'm assuming they're not paying rent or anything like that they're probably just paying for the actual production itself and things like that so mm-hmm yeah, that's a good point. Very smart stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Are we going to be able to apply our smart stuff to their pay-per-view and figure out what they're going to do? Yeah, let's see. This, we got this is the real nine matches uh, predictions, right? Because WWE, it's really hard to predict, as shown by my one correct prediction. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. This is a lot more logic to it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's see. As uh, I slaughtered you last time, but that's also almost kind of like just luck of the draw because WWE is so insane. Well, didn't, wasn't it, was WrestleMania before that where it was like the opposite? Yes. And then you slaughtered yeah. me. Exactly. I was going to say, it's just yeah. payback. So it's like, exactly. It's finally payback. Uh, so yeah, double or nothing. I'm going to start off. I'm going to start with the main event. Ooh. Moxley, in my opinion, is retaining. Okay. Yeah. I, I absolutely like agree with that. In both senses, it is, too early to put the title on Brody, in my opinion, and it's too early to take it off of Moxley. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like there's a really good way you can do it, too, without sacrificing Brody, because I think that's the big thing you don't want to do, right? Because neither one of these guys really can lose at this point, Mm -hmm. but Brody Lee has the Dark Order, which is full of fucking losers and flunkies, and one of them could cost him this match. Yep. And then he can punish them. Exactly. So I feel like that's... And that's how he saves them. So perfect out. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with this one. Uh, uh, unless there's anything else for you to add, then uh, go ahead and pick your next match. Yeah. Uh, my next one is going to be one of the other championship matches. And that is, I think Lance Archer takes the AEW TNT championship. Uh, okay. I guess from Cody, even though it's not Cody's right now. <laughs> But yeah, I think Lance beats. I guess he'd be claiming the vacant title. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, he's he's had an absolute monstrous push up to this point, which is really good. Like, I'm glad that he's had this fucking monster push with Jake Snake. Um, I could kind of see this going either way, though. Oh, absolutely, honestly, and I and I think part of the reason is because of the fact that this is crowning the first champion. Yeah. So, like, I think that because that's going to be in the books, that almost gives more of an edge to Cody, in my opinion, than Lance. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Lance could come after this in, like, Cody maybe wins this in, like, a roll-up or something. It's kind of like a slightly um, controversial manner. 
Larcher comes right back after him for like a rematch and then maybe takes the title from him. Like, I feel like Cody's notorious for these like short title reigns. Mm-hmm. Like, look at his reign with the uh, NWA title, for example. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I feel like it would make a lot of sense for the way they might want to do things, especially with the fact that Cody can't compete for like the main title. So if he becomes the first TNT title, even if he loses it quickly, he could still have that like strong attachment to that title and wanting to get it back. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go Cody and I'm actually going to confidently go Cody. Yeah. Cause I just think forced into it, but I would actually choose it. Uh, I just think Cody is always the giver. I feel like he's the Ric Flair of mm-hmm. AEW. Um, yeah. And so like, I think it's like, he's like, yes, I want to make Lance. Like I want to take one of the guys that TNA and all didn't do. <clears throat> anything with and i want to make him a star so i can absolutely see cody bowing down and being like here give it to lance we're gonna make him the monster and it would also give credit to you know bringing in jake and uh lance and like putting them together like this the despicable Mm -hmm. things they've done so far and stuff and like make that all come to fruition very true very true I definitely, I feel like one of the things that's so good about this is that I would not be disappointed with either result. Yeah. Like, as long as it's well done, which, like, with the track record of AEW, I don't have any reason to doubt that this is going to be well done. So, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to this either way. The, that's how you book, though. Like, when it's, like, right. it's not right. obvious who's going to win. <laughs> and it's like, you can see it going either way. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's almost like that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's see. So I'm going to go to my next match. I'm going to pick Nyla Rose to retain over Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I feel like it's not time for her to drop it yet. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel like to me taking it from one Japanese girl and dropping it to the other one is their plan yeah. to me. Also, I just feel like this hasn't been as built up as well. Uh, so... Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they've, they've been giving Nyla a good shine, but uh, having Hikaru uh, face her for it hasn't been very well explained, I would say. Yeah, true. I feel like I remember, didn't she, I think she won, like, some sort of number one contendership, like, a long time ago, and maybe she never cashed that in. Maybe this is what this is supposed to be. I maybe. I'm, I think I'm blanking on that, yeah. Uh, but that I mean that's we've discussed this. This has always been the weakness of the women's division so far. Uh is that like it's just like mm-hmm. one match gives them the number one contendership and there's it's not a huge build up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe it would be really beneficial for them at some point to do like a women's tournament or something like that, you know? Yeah. Kind of give a little more like structure to the that division. Give stories to everyone, like explain each contender and as they go into their matches, let them do promos against each other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, instead of it just being like, oh, we're just going to interchange for flavor of the week and this person they want a match, now they're the number one contender. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. Which match do you want to go for next? I'm going to go for, I'm going to say Dustin Rhodes beats Sean Spears. In his, really? Yeah. I am interested as to your reasoning because I am very convinced that Sean Spears is getting this. Yeah, I just think the whole call-out with the retirement and stuff like that, I really don't think Dustin's retiring. Uh, he's been, like, too good in the ring. And maybe he does want to go out in that sense. He doesn't want to pull an Undertaker with the Last Ride documentary. 
which is fascinating, by the way. Have you been watching that one at all? I have not seen that yet. No. Oh, yeah. If you get a chance, watch that one. It's great to hear, like, his reasoning and stuff like that. Basically, to, to summarize it up, it's a vicious circle mm-hmm. of The Undertaker being too old and having bad matches, <sighs> like the one with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, so that he goes and uh-huh. gets hip surgery <laughs> to fix the injuries that were, like, were preventing him from having a good match and then coming back and having a great match with uh... John Cena. But then it shows that, so, like, that's... The first two episodes are about he that. He did not have a great match with John Cena. It was short. That squash match was not great. It was short. and he... It was just mercifully short. That was all it was. It was short, and he didn't fuck anything up. That That's what we're saying is a great match. You know what? And then, but ready. The last legitimately good match he had was the fucking thing with Styles. Yeah. So, apparently that... The Boneyard this, match. This, and that wasn't even a match. This builds up to that, this documentary. It goes from... Okay. It goes from the build-up to the Reigns match all the way to now. Uh, and then uh, mm-hmm. I just want to throw it. So you would love then Michelle McCool as a character because she sits there and says every time that he wants to have another match, she's like, "No." Oh my god, I have to watch this. Then <laughs> she seriously does that. She's just like, "Damn it, Mark!" No. Yeah. Like so, for example, he he comes backstage after the Cena match, <laughs> and he like is feeling so good. He was like, "I have another match," and she's like, "Ugh." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have to watch this. And then the preview Show the Cool is about to become my personal hero. <laughs> exactly. And then they we preview uh the next episode and it shows the horrible match in Saudi with him and Kane versus Sean and Triple H. And so then it cuts yeah. to her and she's going, she's like, and here's the vicious cycle. He has to redeem himself now, so now he's gonna have another match. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah, it's basically that. He this, like, oh my god, this is so sad. I have to watch this now. <laughs> he has a good match with. <laughs> he has a good match with Cena, and then has the bad match with those guys, and then he has to make up for it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so this yeah, this is the most fascinating. Like, I'm literally gonna be watching this later today. Like, there's no option for me. I have to watch. Yeah, this. it's uh, it's just two episodes, so two hours. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Dustin Rhodes. Is it, uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, so Dustin Rhodes. I was just going to say. So uh, is there actually, like, a retirement stipulation to this match? No, no, no. Uh, he he had retired. But then Sean Spears said it was on the most recent episode. Sean Spears was like, I'm calling him out, so they have to make the match. Apparently, that's, like, a rule in AEW. Like, if you call someone out, huh. the management has to make the match. And so he, he's calling out Dustin, and Dustin agreed. That seems really predatory. Yeah. Like, that's really abusive. <laughs> what if a man just, like, called out a woman? Does she have to fight him now? <laughs> what is this? But, yeah, so... I don't know about this. So that's anyway, that's why okay, so... I'm going with Dustin. I think it's going to be the redemption okay. thing. But I think, I think it's yeah. going to be that what Sean is supposed to be, right? Like, even in a loss, he's so damn good. So that's what's going to keep him going. I... I don't know. I, I feel like Sean has to win this because he's he's just been like a fucking loser in AEW. Like he needs something, and like Dustin is one of those guys that like I feel like people would still feel upset and bad that he got killed by oh, Sean. Yeah. He so absolutely that's, that's why would be fine him. with the loss. But yeah, yeah. I ju- yeah. I just see the redemption. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What am I gonna go for next? Um. You know, what? I'm gonna pick uh best friends over private party. Yeah, I was gonna pick the same. Good choice. Um, I feel like they're more in a push than Private Party. Absolutely, are, so. yeah. Orange Cassidy has been 
killing it. Yes. Yes, that's the biggest part of it. Uh, all right. What about the next match for you? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say NJF beats Jungle Boy. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I feel like I probably agree. It's another one that can I mean, go probably either does. way, right? Because, like, MJF can mm-hmm. uh, promo his way out of anything. So, even if he lost. Uh, if, sure. if he did lose, it possibly would be, like, you know, Luchasaurus getting involved. Maybe, like, taking out Wardlow to allow Jungle Boy to get the win or something like that. And so, MJF would come out and be like, you needed to call your dinosaur to... Uh, beat me or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just see him winning because yeah. uh, he's been really pushing the ring thing, and I could totally, I could see him being a nice setup for down the line with like the TNT Championship or something like that. Mm, definitely, yeah. You could definitely even build to the TNT Championship, or like, right, like if you keep keep building up the ring, for example, like maybe if Jungle Boy sneaks in a win over MJF here, then like they could do another match later on for the ring, and then MJF beats him then. Like, because you could do, like, right, you said, like, MJF can definitely promo himself out of a loss. Or I think he could even, like, build himself up through just, like, sheer arrogance on Jungle Boy here that, like, his arrogance costs him the win. Yeah. Like, he definitely could have beat him at many times, but then he just keeps, like, being a dick about it and trying to, like, pin him without even, like, going down for the legs. Mm-hmm. And then, like, maybe Jungle Boy rolls him up or something. I could see that. Um, but, yeah, I feel like either way. That's another great thing about this match, right? Yeah. Either way. Uh, okay, let's see. We got the women's match. We got the casino ladder match and the stampede. Stamp- stampede. Which apparently, I don't know if you've heard about the rumors, has already been filmed. Mm, that would make sense. Because I would assume that the way they're going to be doing this with how many like camera cuts and having to keep people uh, separate yeah. apart because like that would be way too many people to do in one match. But like they could do it in a way that... like. If they're cutting around, they can keep everybody separate. And it would be way smarter to do that pre-tapes. I'm going to say Stadium Stampede Inner Circle wins. Yeah, I was leaning towards the same thing. Um, if you, I don't, Did you see the latest episode of AEW by any chance? Or? Uh, I have not. Okay, yeah. So Inner Circle was beating down the Elite and Matt. Uh, without Adam Page there yet, and then all of a sudden, Adam mm-hmm. Page does like a hundred yard dash down the football field and delivers like one of the best lariats I've ever seen because he was running. I, I did see this lariat <laughs> though. I did see this clip. Uh, <laughs> and like saves them, but then still like walks away afterwards because he doesn't like Matt and Minnick. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he was only doing it for Kenny's sake. So I could totally see him. Right. <clears throat> like blowing something off or something like that in the inner circle, taking advantage of winning. I will say though, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with having the elite in this match because I might see a win out of them because they haven't beaten down and haven't have been gone for so long. Like we mm-hmm. haven't seen who is it? I think it's, is Nick the one that's been out or Matt? Uh, one of them's been uh, out for a while. Let's see. I thought, wasn't it both of them just because they were in quarantine in California? Yeah, one was out, has been out longer, though, because of, like, a kid being born, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Because that's why Matt Hardy was remember. brought in to, like, even up the odds in, like, a match at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I, I just think them coming back and getting the win would help them. Because the Inner Circle has been, like, dominant for so mm-hmm. long. 
definitely. Like, yeah, I think, that, yeah, it would be very hard, strong for the elite to kind of get that kind of win. And it would really help Matt Hardy if he were able to be like maybe integral to that kind of a thing, maybe building more of a feud with Jericho, I guess. Yeah. Like they kind of seem to be feuding. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the cracks within the elite, like you said, with like Adam Page, um, the fact that maybe like Matt Hardy is still like new to working with the elite, so it won't work as well. Yeah, he's not quite a, he's like not inner in circle, the elite, which is yeah. like right. And then the other thing I'm thinking is like another wild card that maybe could lean towards the inner circle is what if the revival under their new name or whatever, what if they debut and like cost the young bucks or something? Mm. I could see them getting involved. Yeah, actually, that leads into uh, my pick, which is next. Oh, yes. Right. Which is, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm curious what your thoughts are, uh, who that to be deper- determined is going to be in this AEW casino ladder match. Mm-hmm. And so I think it might be FTR, like um, single style. Oh, you think it's one of the revival guys? I, I mean, who else? I'm just trying to think of who else is out there that could, like, debut, right? I can't think of any singles. Gulak, maybe? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, or, like, maybe somebody else that WWE has released recently. Um, trying to think of, like, some of the other people. Like, what about, like, Zack Ryder? Yeah, is that... Is Zack Ryder coming to AEW? Possibly. He is good friends with Cody, isn't he? What if he? it's Zack Ryder? Yeah. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. You know what? What if it's Zack Ryder? I, I really... I was... He's also been really quiet lately, I feel like, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been... Uh, he's just been talking about, like, he, he's been giving stories of, like, how they shut down his YouTube show, and um, what else was it? Oh, he, he's rumored to bring back the Internet Championship and things like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't been, I think, too uh, out there. Yeah, I'm forgetting yeah. about all those releases. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to because like of, of those releases too, I feel like there's a lot of those people that probably wouldn't go to AW or AW wouldn't want, but uh, yeah. like maybe Drake Maverick, I feel like they might want him. Yeah, I still think he's going fit. back to WWE. Uh, you think so? Yeah. I think with the whole thing of like that. that promo he cut about being released and the crying, and then uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, him being still involved, so he, he gets released, and then he still has to compete in that. <laughs> tournament. Um, that was so ridiculous. Yeah. But uh so for that casino ladder match, I, I don't think the two be determined is gonna win unless it's someone I can't think of anyone who's been injured for a while in AEW, right? Mm, yeah, it could just be like an injury return, right? Yeah, who but I can't think of anybody. So I'm gonna go with Darby Allen winning this one. Hmm, okay. So going for Darby Allen. That is definitely a solid choice. Like clearly, he is one of their long-term priorities. Um, yeah, I could definitely see him. Although, all right, so I'm going to go for somebody else who's definitely like caught on fire in AEW, and I feel like they could have like a great specific spot for him winning this too. Uh, I'm going to go for Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to go because you know, as he has you know the whole hands in the pockets thing. What if he just like doesn't take his hands out of his pockets for the entire match until the end when he's finally going to have to like reach up and get the briefcase or whatever it is. Uh, I also could see... That'd be awesome. Like, I, WWE just did it with like Otis catching it after it falls, but I could totally see yeah. like maybe Orange Cassidy's laying on the ground with his hands in his pockets and it like falls on him. 
<laughs> he, like, and then he just has to like take his hands out of his pockets and put his hands on it to exactly. like finally win it. <laughs> that could be funny as shit. <laughs> so I, I could see I'd something like that. I could see something like that. Do we know like what the object is? Is it a briefcase or is it something else? It's probably either a briefcase or a contract. I don't think I've heard of what it's going to be. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. That's uh, because I feel like there's a lot of people who definitely are not going to like Scorpio Sky. No. Frankie Kazarian. No. Kip Sabian. No. Luchasaurus. No. Uh, Joey Janela. Probably not. Colt Cabana. Probably not. But still, like I would say, him and. Colt and Joey are like possibilities, right? Like, yeah, like it would, I feel like they're kind of it wouldn't be bad. Possibilities. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be like bad in the same way. Like if you gave it to like Frankie Kazarian or like Luchasaurus mm-hmm. or Kip Sabian, like those would be bad choices. And I guess Kip Sabian wouldn't be as bad. Like I feel like Frankie Kazarian and Luchasaurus are the two. Like if you gave it to either one of them, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Uh, but then mystery, it's like, who knows? Because that could be anybody. Yeah. All right, we got one last match. A, another last-minute substitution. Cause, so the other thing that's frustrating with the casino ladder matches, I was so like, I think it's going to be Phoenix. I think it's going to be Phoenix. And then being skin injured. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, because he's, uh, he's been on a roll lately. You know, that crazy kick and stuff mm-hmm. like that? I mean, Phoenix is just a fucking god, dude. He's amazing. Uh, all right, so yeah, women's match. I'm actually going to go for the new replacement. I'm going to go Penelope Ford. I think she's going to uh, steal a win here over Chris Statlander because I feel like if, if Britt Baker is going to have to be out for a while, they're going to have to build up a new heel in the division to take her place, mm. and this could be the start of it. Yeah, and she's been she's been ex- like put out more recently. Like you, you're seeing more of her and stuff like that. So. With the whole uh, mm-hmm. Janela and Kip Sabian thing. Yep. So, yeah, I'll go for Penelope Ford and then uh, leaves you with Chris Statlander. Always a possibility to all win. Right, there we go. With uh, her alien powers. That's true. You never know. She's got all these sorts of tricks up her sleeve. And maybe she even has, like, Superman's writer's abilities where just, like, they spontaneously give her new powers whenever they need to. Oh, uh, by the way, have you heard about the uh, Snyder Cut is finally going to get released? Oh no! It's it's coming out. Yeah, on that new HBO Max. Uh, it's like their streaming platform where you like, yeah. I I don't know how to explain it. Just HBO has another thing that you could pay for, <laughs> and they're gonna release it I on see. that. Well, I might have to check that out. Maybe they'll be able to save Justice League. Just like maybe someday Michelle will cool be able to save us all from the Undertaker. <laughs> Although, didn't he sign like some like fifteen year, year contract or something? Yeah. Like, god damn it. <laughs> I'm okay with it if it's yeah. if it's fifteen years of him being like Shawn Michaels, where he just like shows up to promo every once in a while and that's it. If he does if he does fifteen years of like the boneyard match, fucking cool. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. The cinematic matches, that worked out well. Yeah. But if he steps in that goddamn ring ever again, like he deserves to get a fucking broken <laughs> neck or something. Like that might be way too severe, but like, god damn it, he needs to stop. <laughs> All right, I should stop because that's, that's, that's getting bad. <laughs> that got really dark at the end there. <laughs> that got really dark. Dark side of the ring podcast edition. Guys, we're in quarantine. Double or nothing. We, we haven't seen. Yeah, it. 
You haven't seen the sun in a while. I haven't seen the light of day <laughs> in years. <laughs> no. All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Have fun watching Double or Nothing if you tune into it. I think I'm probably going to at least watch some of it, if not all of it. What about you? Yeah, and uh, keep an eye on us for us in the future on other things. <laughs> yes, as wrestling starts to come back, presumably to life, uh, we'll start doing more shows and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>